Today's episode of GM Street is brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading website for all your betting needs. With their great odds, fast payouts, and decades of expertise, you can bet with confidence. Your team doesn't even have to win. They just need to cover the spread. So what are you waiting for? Lay down some cash and win big today. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus. Use promo code RINGERNFL to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Welcome to GM Street. I'm Tate Frazier, and it is Sunday night, week five, and I'm sitting across from Mr. Mike Lombardi, and we figured it out. We got a new logo going on. Great so. new logo to fix. Got a balanced formation. Got a balanced defense, balanced formation. You got Quentin Copels in the house. I got the jersey on. I, I, I mean, only Rex Ryan and Mike Pettin and maybe Bob Sutton, <laughs> you know, would know who the hell that jersey and is. And anyone in Kenton, North Carolina. Why would you possibly spend the money on a 98? Like, why did you buy that? Like, I was very excited when he got drafted in the first round. I couldn't believe it. Even Jet fans don't have that jersey. <laughs> No, they definitely don't. And the funny thing about it is they drafted like Sheldon Richardson and all these guys afterwards just to replace Quentin Copel. So it didn't quite work out. We'll say that. Did that, you get that on the discount, like at Feline's basement? I got this day one. This is like a and Nike had just gotten the NFL. It was a very expensive jersey. I was very proud of he it. He must have money. He <laughs> must have money. I was in college. I was making uh, some side deals. Uh, but anyways, this is going to be a, a fun GM Street week five. Yeah, it's a great week. Wow. Yeah, a lot of stuff happened. A lot of big games. Um, unfortunately, a lot of bad injuries that came yeah. out. OBJ, uh, we're pouring one out right now. You you mentioned he's basically the Pope. We're going to have the, the white smoke or the gray smoke. I we're mean, ESPN's got to be the happiest network <laughs> in the world. They're going to have a truck parked in front of the hospital. We're going to get daily, hourly reports oh. on everything. Josie Anderson's going to be at his house. Oh, it should be right there. It's going to be like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Save Ferris. There's going to be signs around New York. Save Odell. Oh, man. I mean, I feel bad he got hurt. Don't get me wrong. Of okay, course. I feel bad about that. But I just, this is just going to get overblown into like, oh my God, the world's coming to an end and Odell's hurt and save Odell, save Ferris. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's I mean, the exact same thing. And uh, unfortunately, <laughs> nobody can save Eli or the Giants because they're 0-5. You, you think Odell will go out and have like a French dinner like like uh, Ferris did that time? I hope he does. I hope he does the parade. Maybe he'll do the full yeah, dance. Do Twist and shout. Yeah, that'll be good. Hopefully that'll that, be good. Yeah, it all plays out. But for, I, we, we hope he's better. Of we course. Do, but we know this is going to be full-blown. You know, I mean, we're going to have health it's a soap experts. Opera. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be unbelievable. Young and the restless, and then of course JJ Watt. I mean, that, yes. that's a bad one too. I mean, because like I was tweeting earlier, like it had to be more than just an ACL or an MCL because when they take you to the hospital or put you in an ambulance, it's a broken bone or a broken something, a kneecap. People are texting me, well, you know, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater dislocated his kneecap. That means you got to go to the hospital mm-hmm. right now. So that's my point. Was usually if you have an MCL or an ACL and they know it. Then used to stay in the locker room. They ice it down, and the next day you get an MRI. But you know that obviously didn't happen for JJ, and it's affected the Houston defense. Well, it affected that game. Yeah, it really did. We're going to talk about that Sunday night game, All but right. first, let's talk about the five performances that jumped out to you this week. And number one, the Wentz wagon is back. Carson Wentz, Mister oh, Third loaded Down, loaded up, loaded up, nine for fourteen on third down. You know the fascinating thing about Carson Wentz this year is he wasn't very good last year on third down. He's gotten better this year, but where he's been really good has been on third and long, which has been like unbelievable. Most teams, you want to get them down behind the down and distance. And Carson Wentz has been making plays down the field. And I don't know if the Cardinals got their start time right. Like, I don't know if they practiced at like 10 o'clock in Arizona time so they could be ready to go. But they were never even close to being ready to go in this game. And, and I mean, look, give all the credit to the Eagles. They jumped right on top of them and, and won the game running away. The Eagles, 4-1, and one, a lot of confidence going in. Look like the best team in the East right now. And Carson Wentz, to me, 
If you're a Cleveland Brown fan, we're going. This is going to be a theme of this podcast. If you're a Cleveland Brown fan, you got to wonder, like, why wasn't he good enough for us? Tate, tell us. I don't know. They, they don't know. They Everyone's don't, lost. Nobody knows. Yeah, nobody it's really knows. tough. But I will say this: Doug Peterson, oh, your boy. That's my guy. Don't he, leave my man alone. <laughs> leave my man alone. Oh, he's doing it. Jump on that bandwagon. Go ahead, Tate. Four Go and on. One. Tate Frazier, Come jump on. on that bandwagon. Hey, look, four and one. Everybody was killing me last year about Ben McAdoo too. Just jump on that bandwagon, please. Well, there was a lot of Philly fans that came after you pretty early on, and now they're still going to come they're after feeling me. Good. But the, the good thing about Philly fans that I love, if he loses next week in Carolina, they'll be back. They'll be back the other way. So it just look. It's a long season. Let it play out. See how it goes. I think he's getting a little too confident though. He has his hair right now. It's coming up through the visor. You know you can buy those visors and they have the built-in hair, like the furry gray hair at the top. His hair looks like that right now. He's wearing it all the time. So Doug Peterson, you know, maybe maybe taking it a step down a little bit with the hair. <laughs> yeah, He's yeah. getting to bend back into territory, which is a little strange. Oh, no, uh, look, hey, look, they're four and one. They're getting ready to play the, the Carolina Panthers. So we'll see. Speaking of the Panthers, they look really good this week. You know, That's I, another thing that probably jumped out to you. I, I thought the Panthers going into this week. Look, Detroit is was a nice story. They're three and one. It could have mm-hmm. been four and zero. Oh, an inch short of that. But when you really watch the game last week against Minnesota, I mean, Matthew Stafford got the crap beat out of him then, and he got the crap beat out of him again tonight. And Carolina's best thing is their defensive front. Now, when they play the Eagles next week, Lane Johnson left the game. I don't know if he had a concussion or whatever, but he had to leave the game against Arizona. Whether he can play on a short week Thursday night, that'll be a crucial injury for the Eagles to overcome if they want to play, because Carolina's strengths in the front. I mean, they don't give up plays in the red zone. They keep the score low, and they're really good. And I think Carolina's offense is starting to click a little bit now. And you talk about that offense. A lot of people, when they think of the Carolina offense, so they think of Greg Olson, Kelvin Benjamin. But really, right now, it's Ed Dixon and Devin Funches, and they're doing the exact same things in those roles. Right. But Benjamin's almost become the secondary option at this point, and Funches has become the primary guy. Yeah, and, and, they, and they've kind of mismatched them on guys. And what, what this is will be, you know, not to jump ahead of ourselves, we can talk about it on Tuesday, but, I mean, the Panthers are really good at keeping the ball. They're, they were fourth in the league on third down, and they control the ball. They have the ball over 34 minutes, so they control the game, and they control the pace of the game with their ability to convert third downs and run the ball. I think Carolina is a really good team. I think their defense is really good. They're well coached on defense. They don't give up big plays typically. And I thought they would go into Detroit. And I thought they would dominate that game with their front. Now, it got to be a little close at the end. But Detroit, you can't win with a bad line. And mm-hmm. Detroit's got a bad line. I mean, it's going to show up some point during the season. Bad offensive lines don't travel well. Arizona has a really bad offensive line. They traveled this week, didn't travel well. So for me, I think that what jumped out of one of the five things, Carolina's a good team. Yep, and Cam Newton looked like uh, MVP And, and Cam Philly's Newton. a good team, too. Yep. Nothing taking nothing away from Philly. Philly's a good team, too. That'll be a great Thursday night game. Let's talk about some teams that aren't so good. Yeah. And a lot of them have one thing in common, and that's a quarterback that was drafted in 2004. You know, I, th- I think today is, what, October the 9th? October the 8th. October the 8th. That's October right. the 9th for our listeners. All right, so the listeners, yeah. But it's my grandson's <laughs> four-month birthday. Happy Congrats. birthday, Dominic. Of Happy course. four months. So, anyway, I think that... Uh, I think we've seen the end of the of this draft class. I mean, Philip Rivers really looked old moving around. Now, hats off to him. They won the game. Eli, you know, turned the ball over, couldn't really throw the ball. The offense, you know, they had all those injuries. Brandon Marshall got hurt. Sterling Shepard gets hurt. The Giants offensive line is bad. The untold story of the Giants season really has been their defense hasn't been as good as everybody thought it would be this season. Mm-hmm. But to me, Eli looked really bad. Eli didn't look good. Philip didn't look very good. And Ben even admitted he may not have it anymore. I mean, Ben was talking about retiring, but the game against Jacksonville, I mean, take nothing away from what Jacksonville did, but five interceptions and the way Ben threw those interceptions. If you're a Steeler fan, you got to say to yourself, wait a minute, 
it might be over with for Big Ben. Maybe he should have retired during the offseason. It looked like the longest yard when he throws the game and everyone talks, talks about point shaving. That's how bad he looked it in this game. Bad. He threw it directly to people well, in the Jaguars. He lost to a team that, that threw for less than 100 yards. We had two of those games this week. The Miami Dolphins threw for less than 100 yards. Congrats to the, Jay Cutler. Congrats to Jay Cutler. You won the game. <laughs> and then and then Blake Bortles Your boy. was just Blake Bortles today. Throws for less than 100 yards. Gives him a pick, too. Throws mm-hmm. another pick. You know, But they win the game. And tats off to Jacksonville winning the game. But this game, for me, and, and you can add Carson Palmer into this group of older quarterbacks because it looks like the old quarterbacks can't move around very well. They can't make plays. And if the pocket is perfect, everything goes good. But once the play breaks down, especially for Eli, especially for Phillip, and now starting to look like Ben, and Carson can't move either. you got four guys that are statues that the defense knows the launch point is always going to be behind the center. Mm-hmm. And when defenses know that, it becomes just a tee-off game, and, and both all those four quarterbacks are not playing well this year. And that draft, like that class, that 2004 class was, when they first came out by about 2007, 2008, they were compared to the 83 class when you're talking about right. Dan Marino, you're talking about Jim Kelly, right. yeah. you're talking about John Elway, and everyone thought that these guys were going to be Super Bowl contenders forever. Those guys lasted about 15 years, you know, if you do an average of all of them. So we're getting to the point where all those guys are going to have their curtain call and it looks like they're all reaching that yeah, point, kind of at the same time. I mean, Philip River, any pressure on Philip, he can't move. I mean, that, let's be honest. He Even can't, the safety, he he got. And, the, and the I bad don't want to hear and, anything from people saying, "Well, maybe it's the offense." No, this is what the offense Philip wants to run because Philip's running this team. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's running the chart. They don't draft the Sean Watson because Philip Rivers didn't want him to. So let's put that away. Eli, this is what Eli wants to do. Eli picked Ben McAdoo as his head coach, so this is what he wants to do. It's what Rivers wants to do. Roethlisberger wanted to keep Bruce Arians, he didn't. But they can't throw the ball down the field. He's not making any throws down the field. His accuracy has lost. You know, the one thing about football, it's harder to tell, when, especially quarterbacks, when they've lost it. In basketball, you can see there's no juice in their legs. Well, they start taking jump shots. Yeah, exactly. In football, they start taking checkdowns, typically. Mm-hmm. And, and the Steelers are, are, the, are right now not throwing the ball down the field with real, three really good players. Let's talk about a defense that they came back, uh, and that's the Seattle defense. I mean, a lot of people after that, you know, after they gave up the huge yards a couple weeks ago, week three, everyone was like, "Are we sure these are the guys that we know?" And today yeah. against the Rams, I mean, Jared they, they Goff really proved good. that they were. They for were real. really good, and I mean, and, and they played a nail biter, and they spot the Rams a ten point lead. But I, I thought Seattle's defense was really the difference in the game. And if Seattle has any offense, they'll win the West. But Seattle's offense is really bad. And I don't want and I want to stop this nonsense about it's just the offensive line. Mm-hmm. It's everything with Seattle. The scheme's not very good right now. They're not taking advantage of it, of what they can do well. They really don't know who their back is. I mean, they put Lacey in there, and I swear to God, I think I get to the line <laughs> faster than Lacey can. Seriously. I mean, like when Lacey's in the game, the defense is saying, yes, keep him in the game. Don't foul him out, you know? And Seattle's offenses, if Seattle would have done anything in this game offensively, it would have been a three-touchdown victory. Instead, they couldn't do anything, and the Rams really had a chance. I mean, Cup drops the pass in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, Goff leads them back down the field. I mean, they have five, what, they have five turnovers or something yeah. like that in the game? I mean, Two when, interceptions from Goff. Interce- one on really sc- bad one. On the yeah. screen was really bad. So, look, I think Seattle's defense knows they can carry it. The thing I've always said about Seattle is the fourth quarter, they think their defense is going to win the game. They have no problem with that at all, and they usually do. And they're back. I think Seattle's defense is back. But do they eventually, at some point, they have to address that running back position? Can you see Eddie, Eddie Lacy out there is obviously not a scary one. I mean, they're relying a lot on Carson as a young guy. I mean, I, I, oh, well, Carson's out for the year. Oh, well, Carson's out for the year yeah. now. Carson's out for the year. McKissick really is their best. He's the most explosive player back there. They've got to play Rawls. I think they should just walk away from Eddie Lacy. Look, 
Aaron Jones, the running back for Green Bay, proved that Green Bay, once they got a good back, they could do some things, and it wasn't Eddie Lacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally. Oh, here it is. This is my moment I've been waiting for. We've been talking about the clapper himself. The clap is back. I issue, I'm issuing a challenge to, to Cousin Sal. I want to know what Jason Garrett does. Mm-hmm. Okay, because if I were Jason Garrett, okay, and I still wake up in the middle of the night in a sweat about the tuck game, okay? When you're in the NFL for as long as I've been in the NFL, there's games that you wake up in the middle that you just don't understand, whether it's the tuck game, whether it was the fumble in Cleveland, you know, whatever whatever they are. You just, they never leave your mind. For me, it's John Casey when he kicked the ball out of bounds in the 2004 Super Bowl. Yeah, there you go. Okay, there's always some, you know, like you remember those, okay? Yeah. If you're Jason Garrett, and you're playing Aaron Rodgers, okay, mm-hmm. and you haven't slept all offseason, the one thing you're going to say to your team on the Tuesday before you're getting ready to play Aaron Rodgers, we will not give him the ball back. I don't give a shit how much time he has on the clock. We're not Because he beat us with 35 seconds and no timeout last year. He kicked us out of the playoffs. We're not going to give him the ball back. What happened, Tate? Exactly that. And it was almost like to script at this point where Aaron Rodgers, it's as if, you know, it was the WWE and they're drawing up how it's going to play out. And Aaron Rodgers is waiting for the kill shot at the end. All right. So if Jason Garrett doesn't call the offense and he doesn't call the defense and he doesn't handle the kicking game, like what does he do besides clap? Now, I know he's brilliant because he went to Princeton. Oh, that's you know, right. he's smart. He, he, went, yeah, to he went to the Ivy League school. He that's went, right. He's really smart. He went to Princeton. OK, <laughs> so that being said, all right, like it's he throws the ball. He runs the ball. On first and 10, he gets nine yards. Mm -hmm. Now the clock is going. McCarthy only has one timeout left, right? Okay. So what do we do? We throw a fade in the end zone, which stops the clock. Okay, fine. Even Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, who's usually defending Jason Garrett, are saying, like, wait a minute. Yeah, their eyebrows are raised at this point. Yeah, they're like, that wasn't a very good call. Okay. So the next play, they run read option. He reads it, and Dak scores. But like Dak scores and there's a minute five to go in the game. It's like at that point, you're saying if we would have run it on second down and gotten the first down and McCarthy wasn't going to use a time, if he would have had to use his timeout, at least I'd taken one of his timeouts away. Like you're sitting in that situation saying there's no way I'm going to let Aaron Rodgers get the ball back. No way. And he did. But if you're Jason Garrett at this point, we've seen a lot of game management problems. You're not calling plays. So it comes down to like, what are you doing? I mean, he should be watching other situations. He should be doing situational football at home. He should have been practicing this the whole offseason. Maybe buy him an Xbox. Maybe give him Madden. I I don't understand it. Like, you lost to this team last year over the same situation. And now you lose to it again and you dismiss it as Aaron Rodgers is great. Like, you just dismiss it as Aaron Rodgers is great. It's like the Rams. Okay, the Rams lose today. They didn't play good at all. They turned the ball mm-hmm. over. But they call two timeouts in the second half. I mean, if, if Sean McVay has, two, has any timeouts at the end of the game when he gets the ball back, they're liable to win the game. They're liable, as good as Seattle played on defense. They're liable to win the game. Uh, so, they, you know, so you get a little bit confused on who, how you really lost the game. I mean, so if I am... If I'm Dallas and I'm saying to myself, didn't we learn anything from playing this guy? Like at some point, why do we do this? It's got to change. I, I, I don't understand. Jason, but he went to Princeton, so I'm assuming that he knows. Okay? He knows a lot, uh, apparently, because a lot of people at Princeton do know a lot of things. Uh, we're going to act like we know some stuff, and we're going to guess we the narratives uh, for next week. Um, first up, when you're guessing the narrative, after watching everything in week five, what do you expect the headlines to be uh, this whole week leading up to week six? Oh, I think the headlines are how good the Eagles are. I think the Eagles are going to dominate the wavelength. So I think the Chiefs being undefeated will have to take a back seat. 
the Eagle, that this is the birds are going to the Super Bowl and they're going to go right into Carolina. It's all going to be about how good the Eagles are, the dominant team in the East. I think that's going to be the that's one of my narratives. What's yours? Uh, I have problems in Pittsburgh. We saw this last week a little bit when Ben came out. He went on the radio and basically called out Antonio Brown for throwing the water yeah. cooler. And then he comes out this week. He throws five interceptions at which home. Is, after he says, I'm the captain of this team. This is my team. I know how to handle business. I've been here however many years, blah, blah, blah. So I think it's going to come out. Who's the leader in Pittsburgh? Le'Veon's not quite showing up. Antonio Brown is not fully in. Big Ben's not the same guy. What's Mike Tomlin going to do? So it's just going to be a whole swirl. We're going to be in Pittsburgh all week. We're going to be throwing to Pittsburgh and seeing what they're doing. Well, we will have one report, but where the mass media will be, we'll be in New York. We'll be monitoring everything that Odell Beck, the greatest player <laughs> in the history of football, has ever seen. We're going to monitor his. And that's my other narrative. It's going to be when will Odell come back? You know, was it an illegal hit? Should he have? Should it have been a penalty called? on the hit. We're going to go through all that. We're going to analyze the hit. We're going to go over all that. And then Giant fans are going to have to be 0 and f- what are they, 0 and 5? 0 and 5, yes. Going to Denver next Sunday night. Uh, we get to watch it right here in the studio. Poor that's Collinsworth. Be, that's that's a tough a, game. That's going to be a treat, right? Oh, oh yeah. man. And so I think that's going to be the narrative. And then that's going to lead, that narrative is going to lead to, is McAdoo going to be the coach for next year? I mean, that's really got to be the narrative. Because one thing about, we talked about it earlier, is these teams, like there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks besides the teams that need quarterbacks, mm-hmm. okay? So like you're wearing a Jet jersey. The Jets readily admit they know that McCowan is not going to be their future. They need a quarterback, right? He won his first game in Cleveland. How about that? That Tate, was three years. Two teams later, he gets his first win. So congrats to the McCown family. All right. So and now you now add four more teams into the mix. Mm-hmm. Okay. Add four more into it, right? Yep. So now add add the three teams at Pittsburgh, yep. whether it's Joshua Dodds or not. I'm not sure that's the answer. Chargers. Oh, Chargers. Oh, they didn't draft anybody. Now, Davis Webb's in, in New York. Do you think he's the answer? Good luck. Okay. <laughs> and then, you know, when you add Arizona in there, that's four teams that need quarterback to the that already teams that already need quarterbacks. And those are teams that are generally speaking, I'd say in in the whole you know landscape of the NFL are considered contenders right now because they have guys that are considered franchise quarterbacks. Right. Well, that well that's what we thought. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you're not a franchise quarterback if your team's zero and five or your team's one and four. And look, I don't think anybody who saw the games today of those four quarterbacks think they have a franchise. I mean, Arizona wanted to draft Patrick Mahomes, they couldn't get to him. Okay, so Arizona knows they need a quarterback. The Giants draft a guy in the third round. They're hoping he's the guy, but we know the success rate of guys drafted later. The Chargers ignored it because they were going to be loyal to Phillip Rivers. And, you know, I, th- I think when you go through all those, and then Pittsburgh tried to get it with Joshua Dobbs. So they did the same thing the Giants did, but all those four teams need quarterbacks. Let me just ask you, when you look at this, so we're talking about the Giants, obviously. As a GM speaking, they, they have four receivers go down in this game. Yeah. They are now 0-5. No team has ever made the playoffs being 0-5. Yeah, we can cross them off the list. We, cross them off. They're not going to make yeah, that, the playoffs. But what's the move as a GM? Obviously, your season is spiraled completely out of control at this point. You just lost a bunch of guys. I mean, are you just trying to find young guys that maybe, you, like a Victor Cruz, maybe you, you like you know, off a practice squad, you bring in and hopefully you can build a guy up? I mean, is there anything that you can do at this point, or do you just kind of have to sit on your hands and say, this is what I've been dealt? Look, they've always been an 11-personnel team. So for McAdoo to change who he is, it's going to be more difficult. It's going to be... It's going to get worse now because there's not, you know, they had good skill. I mean, I make fun of Odell. I don't make fun of Odell as a. I make fun of. We pick on him because he's going to be the highest paid player in football. He can handle it. I make fun of the of the whole the whole thing about the circus around it. But losing him, you lose Sterling Shepard. Brandon Marshall wasn't playing well. He's hurt too. I mean, you got to change what you do. You got to be really a twelve team, but they really don't have twelve personnel because Ingram's still a a tight tight end. He's really a receiver, Mm -hmm. and then you're going to have to play with some other guys on the outside. I I think it's going to be hard. You can't run the ball. I mean, really, you can't block. 
block anybody in the run game. I mean, now people are going to dare you to throw the ball on them. I mean, they're not going to get into nickel formations against you and say, oh, wow, if, if they go to nickel on you, they're doing you a favor. They can't run the ball on a nickel anyway. I think the Giants are in a tough spot. I really do. I think the Giants – because Eli – is not going to stay in there, and it's like you can just see it dwindling way down. Does he? If you're Eli Manning and this season is over, I mean, are you looking at other options? Man, I'm I mean, are you just going to keep yeah. that locker room together? I, I don't know how he's going to keep it together. You lose at home to an 0 4 team, even though you're 0 4 too. And, you know, I think the hard part for the Giants is their defense, which was so good last year, Mm -hmm. has not been good at all this year. I mean, the Chargers finally got Melvin Gordon going in the running game, even though Phillip wasn't Even in the passing game, they just got got him involved. They got him involved. It kind of really helped them win the game. So uh, I I don't see it. I think think the Giants are just – the Giants may be – this might be the luckiest year for the Giants in all of the franchise history because they might actually end up with a really high pick to get a quarterback to help their future. They really might. And they might be able to finally say, okay, you know, we need a, we're going to get another coach. We're going to get another quarterback. We're going to start this thing all over again because we're going to have to. And I think that would be a smart play if I were the Giants. At least there's hope with the wing Gallman. He looks all right. But the Chargers were daring him to run the ball. I mean, the Chargers really wanted him to run the ball. And, and you know, in the final drive of the game, I mean, look, the Chargers that scored the touchdown to win the game. I mean, they threw a they they made the plays that they had to make to win and they and they ended up doing it so give them credit was that the best 0 and 4 game we've ever had that was really a good i mean there were a lot of good games today i mean look the we didn't talk about it. the 49er colt game was a really good game too yeah, absolutely. the colts are up 23 i think the colts are up 23-9 and the and the 49ers come the 49ers lose another overtime game so they've lost two overtime games and they lose the Thursday night game to the rams on the phantom opi call mm-hmm. so they're 0 and 5 and literally, they have a chance to win three of those five games. And one game, and they lose up in Seattle by three points. I mean, they've been in every game. I mean, there's an 0-5. They're not good. Don't get me wrong. Okay, don't get me wrong. They're not a good team. But they are a lot closer to winning some of those games. They just can't. They're not good enough to win them. Yeah. I see many things about the Chargers. Chargers won a close game, which they typically never do. I, know, I bet the Chargers were pretty jealous of the 49ers losing another close. You know, they're like, hey, that's us. That, that's, that, who that, that's, that's who we are. That's yeah, our that's, identity. That's, right? that's kind of who we are. I, I, you know, so, I mean, that was a great game. And, you know, we even touched on Cincinnati-Buffalo, which was a really good game. I mean, Andy Dalton didn't disappoint, throws two picks, but the team <laughs> kind of rallied around and they played good defense. And A.J. Green was A.J. Green from, you know, he was the superstar A.J. Green. And he made Green. a couple mistakes in the game that overcame, but he made those great plays in the game, too. And Buffalo kind of came back a little bit. I mean, I think Buffalo's going to always be in those close games. I don't think anybody's going to blow Buffalo out, and nobody, and Buffalo's not going to blow anybody out. I think it's always going to be kind of tight. I just want to shout out Brandon Tate for a touchdown. Can't believe that? it. 2009, great draft pick your Patriots draft him yeah. yeah very happy to see him uh let's do some awards first okay. up the Fl- the Fred Palermo award all of right, course so today for I, go watch, I go watch all the games Millie and I we go over to Tony <laughs> P's in the marina to go watch the games great spot to watch the games by the way I mean I, I think it paid for that advertisement either great spot to watch the games had them all on there uh and Tony, who owns the joint, is last name Palermo. So well, we, tell Tony if he wants to sponsor this segment. He'd be the Tony Palermo Award. I should. But anyway, Fred Palermo. I, I really thought, um, you know, when you look at this, like who had the best game plan, the cleanest game plan, you got to give it to Jacksonville. I mean, look, Jacksonville did a great job offensively and defensively. They were able to control the pace of the game. 
I mean, when you run for over 250 yards, I mean, mm-hmm. Fournette's been like Fournette's been like saving their ass, right? And they refused to go away from him a couple times on the goal line. They were when he had that three yard oh, touchdown. Lead, when he, oh, oh, it was unbelievable. It was they were just like, yeah, he's gonna score. Yeah, it was unbelievable. So I, I think I think Jacksonville did a great job offensively, game plan, defensively. I mean, when you get five turnovers, two for scores, two for pick sixes, you deserve it. So I'm sure Fred takes his hat off to Jacksonville Jaguars. Congrats to the Palermo family. Uh, next up, the KGB Award for who got bluffed this week. The Raiders got bluffed by the Ravens. The Raiders got bluffed by the Ravens, yeah. I mean, look, the Raiders, I know everybody says, well, they didn't have David Carr, Derek Carr. They didn't have Derek Carr, you know. They, but, David Carr might have been better than E.J. Manuel. Well, but the Raiders are down 14 to nothing before you even get in their seats. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, Joe Flacco was like, he must have been listening to the podcast because he made, <laughs> he was like unbelievable. First drive of the game, had a really good game. And everything about the Ravens do is they have to run the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. if the Ravens can get some kind of running game and can play from in front, they got a chance to win. If they if they have to be a drop-back pass team, what I found really interesting about the game was the Raiders' defensive front couldn't dominate the game. I mean, they couldn't get there. And Mario Edwards, Mac, nobody really was making like a – like was giving Flacco a lot of problems, and the, and the Ravens' offensive line is not very good. And to me, that's where I thought the game was. This is really kind of – I know everybody says, well, Derek Carr, Hurt. No, I mean, the Raiders, if you're a good team, you find other ways to win games. You have to. Like, you got to stop making excuses because your star quarterback isn't on the field. You got to find a way to win a game. Yeah. And it's not just on the quarterback. I mean, it, it, it isn't. Yeah. It, they can. Yeah. Poor Raiders. I, I feel bad for the fans. They were very excited for the season. Uh, time to go on the lamb. Yeah. Who, 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 we, we obviously brought up Ben McAdoo, who's probably at he's this point, on the lamp. he's got to be outside of the state of New York. At well, this there's point. like a town in New Jersey called Cape May. And then there's like West Cape May, which is like, I'm convinced West Cape May, it's about 30 miles from my summer, some ocean city. I'm I'm convinced anybody lives in West Kent May is in the witness protection program because mm-hmm. you can't even get there from here. Like you can't get there and and you're at least 20 miles from nowhere. Okay. Mm-hmm. This would be the perfect place for Hugh Jackson to go because Hugh should go on the lamp. Mm-hmm. Okay. All the quarterbacks he's passed in the draft, Deshaun Watson, all of them, okay, to pick the guys he had. Then he benches Kaiser in the first half. It wasn't Kaiser's fault. He called an option play down on the goal line that the back Fumbled. I mean, look, Kaiser didn't play well, but you're playing with a rookie who really wasn't playing very well for Notre Dame. Okay. And then, okay, Tate, Tate Frazier. Four, <laughs> it's third and five. He's at his own, he's at the Jets seven. Your Jets, my Jets, mixed Jets. Okay. He's Quentin at, Copel's Jets. Quentin Copel's Jets, right? He's at his own, he's at their seven. Throws a little check down, the great tackle. So now it's fourth and two. Mm-hmm. He sends the field goal team out to the field. Okay. There's 10 minutes, there's almost 11 minutes to go in this game. It's a 10 to 7 game. Okay. The crowd starts, no, go for it, go for it, go for it, right? Calls a timeout. Just what you want to do. You want to burn a timeout in the fourth quarter of a close game. That's just what you want to do. No problem, Hugh. It's okay. Crowd's nobody, it, will, nobody will get mad at you, Hugh, because nobody's going to get mad at you for passing all the quarterback. Nobody's going to get mad at you. Okay. Then, then you decide to go for it. Okay. Great. You run a damn dive play into the Jets' defensive front that gets nowhere, all right? Which is the strength of the Jets. Which is the strength of the the Jets, okay? So now, timeout. So his logic is, and I can understand his logic. Hey, if we can't get a yard, we can't get a yard. My defense is playing really good, which they were, and I got them backed up. I'll get field position. I got a chance. All makes sense, okay? But when when you've not won, you've won one game in the last 20 I think you want to tie the game. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense too. That makes a lot more sense than all the other stuff. Okay, all right. Of course he doesn't do it. Of course he goes for it. 
The Jets go 98 yards down the field and win the game. Go set up 17-7, game over. Kevin Hogan makes a couple plays down the stretch. You know, now Kevin Hogan, who wasn't drafted by the Cleveland Browns, was claimed by the Chiefs. You know, now he's the starting quarterback, which has to be next week when they go down to Houston, because why would you put Kaiser back in there? Well, that's my question to you if you're Hugh Jackson. I mean, he pretty much, after the game, he was like, I'm here to win football games. I'm not here to make people better. Like if I'm in a that game, what that's what he said. He said, I'm not here to make, to help people get better. I'm here to well, win. Is it a coach job to make everybody better? <laughs> so th- that's sort of the thing. I mean, he, he's, he's, won, he's back Kaiser. He's won, and one now, game, yeah. he's won one game in 21 games. But I think there, there's a way to come across where you're just like, Hey, Kaiser didn't have it today, but he's still our guy. But the way you say that, it's like, I'm not trying to groom this guy because I got to win games for my job. Well, he just said last week, remember we talked about it on, on, on the podcast last <laughs> on week. Tuesday, yes. He was fine. Him and Jimmy are on the same page. Yes. They're all they're all connected. It's unbelievable. I mean, really, to me, he might have been talking to Udonis Haslam instead of Jimmy Haslam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good point. I mean, at some point, like this whole Brown thing is going to have to blow up. Like at some point, if you're Jimmy Haslam and you're paying attention, I don't know if he is or not, but you're watching the promos for the Thursday night game and you see Carson Wentz's name up there mm-hmm. and he's nine for fourteen on third down and the Eagles have a legitimate chance to to be a playoff team and you pass on him. Then you watch Jared Goff, who I'm not in love with. I, you know, I've I've been on the record of saying that, okay. But then you watch Deshaun Watson when you get home, and you're like, okay, like at some point, like when do I say maybe my guys aren't making the right decisions here? Well, let's talk about a guy that you just brought up, and it's time to get made, yeah. Carson Wentz. Let's give it to him. I mean, he does. He does, look. He's a legit. We're losing Ben. We're losing Big Ben. We're losing Eli. We're losing Phil Rivers. Those guys are. There's got to be a new crop of guys that come up. And Carson Wentz looks like he's ready to be primed. And, and he's and hard to, to tackle. Guy. He's like Big Ben. He's hard to tackle. Yes. He's hard to get on the ground. He's really good on third down. He's improved his accuracy down the field. The throw he makes to Torrey Smith. The throw he makes to Nelson Aguilar. I mean, those are third down throws. I mean, it's really remarkable. Uh, uh, and he's done a great job. So I think he's clearly has shown that he has taken that step up forward offensively, so I give him all the credit. I mean, Carson Wentz is the real deal for them, and if you're the Browns, you got to say, well, we passed up another one. Congrats to the, the Dakotas. Yeah. And oh, now- we know we forgot one other award. I can't tell my courage for my desperation, the great Springsteen line. Yes. You know who that is? Of course. I think Matthew Stafford's the most courageous human being of all time because he took a beating today. Like, next week, Detroit goes on the road to face New Orleans, who's playing pretty good football. I don't know how – I do not know how Matthew Stafford's going to make it to the game. He's limping off the field. He, he's taking a beating two weeks in a row. He's going to go down to the Superdome with the crowd noise. Even though the Saints don't have a great rush, again, bad offensive lines don't travel – I, I, I tell you what, Matthew Stafford, I, I've made fun of him about Andy Dalton. I've criticized him. I, I, my respect for him went way up today. I mean, that guy never quit, played his ass off, and took a beating. My hat goes off to him. He gets my award for courage, a courageous player. And he brought him back. Uh, it was a close game. A lot of people just thought, you know, you yeah, watched it. I, I never felt that. I never felt like. Detroit, like Carolina was going to lose the game. I didn't, I didn't necessarily At Tony either, but, but I was, was eating chicken wings. Like, I never felt that. Like It was I, more respect to the fact the that Stafford didn't give up. the sauce was dripping down my face, I never felt that, you know? Gosh, I wish Tony P was here right now. I'm starving. Uh, if you don't, No Chick-fil-A for the millennial. You can't hit it, man. What do you mean? No no Chick-fil-A? Yeah, it's Sunday. Oh, yeah, of course. Ugh, well, it's Monday for the people. They can enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> finally, if you don't know, now you know. Uh, we pretty much brought this up already, but the New York Giants... 
Or, yeah. It's over. It's over. I, I, I do. I, I think it's a blessing. I really do. If I'm a Giant fan, you know what? Sometimes through adversity, I have, I have a, a, a little plaque on my desk that says, in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity. This is the greatest opportunity for the Giants. Mm. Because now you're going to be able to say to yourself, you know what? We need, to, we need to move forward. There's always has to be kind of an intervention that has to happen. And, you know, Chrissy wasn't going to be able to go to the to, to get rehab until he had an intervention in the Sopranos. Okay. I think the Giants need an intervention. And 0-5 is your intervention. I think you know now we need a quarterback. I mean, we can make all the things we want about Eli. If they give him another contract, God bless. But I think they know now and they better move on with it. I think the Chargers should know they need to move on. Arizona already knows on that plane ride going home tonight that they need to do it, and then Pittsburgh probably does too. Because when your quarterback says, I'm thinking about retiring, he's probably retired. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, Lombardi, we're going to wrap this thing up. we got Monday Night Football tomorrow night. Yeah. we got the the premiere of Mitchell Trubisky, the starting quarterback now for the Chicago Bears. Another guy that the Cleveland Browns passed on, a Another guy that's guy. from Mentor, Ohio, that right. wanted to play for the Cleveland Browns, grew up a Cleveland Browns fan. Cleveland Browns fan. If he does Not something— good enough for the Browns. If he Not does something enough. on Monday Night Football special against his Vikings defense, probably one of the premier defenses in football right now. Well, we'll see. Then, then, then we're just going to add I'm insult sure to injury Jimmy to Jimmy Asim Haslam. I'm will call Hugh up and say, it's okay, Hugh, we're in this thing together. Don't worry. It's all good. We can keep passing up all these quarterbacks. Don't worry, you know? <laughs> At some point, all these, you know, it's, it's fool's gold. Jerry West told Belichick and I back in 1994, it's fool's gold. Draft picks are fool's gold. Unless you turn them into something really good, they're fool's gold. I think Houston, who lost tonight, you know, Deshaun Watson, I think Billy O'Brien has to really move him around the pocket. He has to tailor the offense. But that kid will make plays and win the defense, obviously, losing, White, losing Watt. Losing Whitney Merciless hurts their defense. So, you know, I mean, that really, really hurt them tonight. Their defense played horribly. Usually they're good on third down. Alex Smith, MVP of the league right now, mm-hmm. has to be. It was, was great on third down. So, you know, to me, at some point, you got to take a quarterback. I think you got to wonder about that. It'll be interesting to see what Trubisky will do. I think he'll play good. All right. I, I do too. I'm pulling for Mitchell. Uh, before we get out of here, I just have one more thing. We got three, four, and one teams. We got the Packers, we got the Panthers, and we got the Eagles. A lot of people don't know if those teams are for real. We obviously had the Chiefs who were undefeated now at 5 and 0. But those of those four and one teams, they're one team that really sticks out to you. They're like, they're a legitimate football team and a real I, contender. I, I've said this all year. I think Carolina's a legitimate football team. Uh, they won the early part of the year when Cam wasn't playing well. Cam's playing much better. I think they're really good in the red zone on defense. They don't give up big plays. They play smart football on defense. They know what they're doing. They're experienced. I think the Eagles have given up a lot of big plays on defense. Now, they played against the Cardinal team that didn't check in until, one, until 4 o'clock when the game was started at 1. Mm-hmm. I think the Eagles are coming on. It'll be a, I think it'll be a great game. I think we'll know Thursday night after that game who's the best uh, – who's the contender in the, in the, in the uh, NFC. And the other thing is, look, the, the, the Packers – I mean, I don't know how you can rule the guy out. With Aaron Jones as a running back, my sleeper in the draft, Tate Frazier, thought Aaron Jones was really a good back at UTEP. But now they have a back. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dallas, tip it, last year, Dallas didn't allow a rusher to gain over 100 yards in any game. And so far this year, it's already been three. So, you know, I don't know what Jason was doing this offseason besides clapping and probably teaching at Princeton. Yeah, the clap is back. The uh, clap is back. Yeah, when you do your when you do the pod at Sal this week and you ask him, we want to know. We want to do a complete, we want to do an autopsy on what he actually does. Absolutely. This has been another edition of GM Street, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. We will be back Wednesday. Thanks for listening, and we will see you soon.